Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Gosh, it feels so long since I've spoken to you, let alone seen you. I know. It's been a while. It really has. Oh, God. This lockdown has just been so long. Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, guys, for those of you that don't know, which probably all of you, because there's no faces on this yet, um, this is Jordan with me today. Um, And Jordan is here to kind of talk to us about life as a key worker before we go off on a tangent, as we always do. (laughs) (laughs) But that is the purpose of this, is to make it make you guys smile and just have a laugh. So, yeah, Jordan, where do you work? Um, so I am currently working as a senior healthcare assistant at a mental health hospital. So, yeah. That, that sounds very stressful. Yes, it yeah. can be. <laughs> very intense. Oh, yeah, I mean, what's the kind of like difference, would you say, from where you was working before lockdown and after? Um, so what, what do you mean? Like, so um, has your work varied from like oh, where you were working before COVID-19 happened? And obviously now that it's happening, is it? Yeah. The stress I... levels of things? I think like it it's kind of quietened down a bit now which is good but um but before it it's always a stressful job anyway I mean it's it's long shifts it's 12 and a half hour shifts and they're they're mental health patients so it's not the easiest environment to work in but um I'd say when COVID-19 kind of hit we had a lot of staff that would be off self-isolating um or they counted as vulnerable people so that meant that on, on my ward, I had a lot of my team leave and, and go off and be off for a certain amount of time. And, and that kind of left me as the only permanent staff member, which was quite stressful. Oh. Um, yeah. And I think also we've had a lot of changes within the hospital with things like obviously having to wear PPE, but also our patients not being able to go out and use their leave and um, kind of normality not really being there that automatically makes it more stressful for both the patients and us as staff. So, yeah, yeah it definitely took its toll and got quite difficult. But we, it seems to have levelled out a bit now. We've got a good staff team back and and the patients seem settled and things are sort of going back to the new normal. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's brilliant because you guys are doing an amazing job. And whenever you kind of come in and you tell us about your job and how stressful it is, you somehow smile and that's one of the most (laughs) things about you I think that despite the stress and the hours that you do you're always laughing and smiling and it it really encourages others to kind of push on and really smile as well so I mean and you've got a well-deserved promotion as well I believe if I remember rightly yeah so um I started off I've only been in the job for a year and I started off as a a normal healthcare assistant and within 6 months I managed to get myself promoted to a senior healthcare assistant so Yeah so that was that was really good I mean I I love my job it's it's great there and and even during the stress that has been the virus and covid-19 I still walk away and and I'm like yeah I I love my job and and I love what I do. So and I'm glad that I've been able to go out and carry on work. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be able to work and, and still earn the money, but also to be able to know that I'm doing my bit. So, yeah. 
I mean, that sounds amazing. I mean, so like, what kind of things push you on and what kind of things allow you to smile, you know, like allow you to push through all of this? I know that your patients are very helpful. They do small things for you and things as such. Yeah, definitely. So I think um, within the job itself, it's kind of, it's about walking away at the end of the day and leaving anything that's kind of negative and bad at the door of work and not taking that home with you. But thinking about the small things that you have done I mean there's lots of things that we do for the patients throughout the day and and if I've made one patient smile or laugh or done something for them or if they've had a bit of a stressful time and I've managed to like intervene and help them then that's my thing that I go home with and that makes me smile but I mean also we've got I've got (laughs) there's a patient on the ward at the minute that likes to make bracelets and different like presents and stuff so that's quite a nice thing um so they're always they're always quite appreciative which is which is good definitely but yeah and then I think outside of work it's it's like so I work shift pattern where I work three days one week and four days on the other week and then I'll have the rest of the days off so I think it's about on those days off just resting and like doing the things that you enjoy and obviously during the virus that's been quite difficult because not a lot of places have been open so I think I've just been resting really which I probably don't do enough of before the virus (laughs) um yeah I think it's made me realize maybe not to be so hard on myself if I just want to rest um but yeah but I definitely like just taking time out for myself and remembering that I might have had a stressful day, but for the most part, I love that I can go in and help people and help these like patients go on and progress in their lives and hopefully get back out in into the community at some point. So, yeah, I think that just in itself is what keeps me going and reminds me that it's it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. That's really that's really touching, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm liking yeah know all of this about you because we don't really have a chance when we're in right here with all the meetings it's all very yeah. kind of like oh let's get to the point a bit you don't really have enough time to get to know everyone as much as you'd like to yeah definitely you know I I never knew so much about you and your work obviously we'd come in and I'd be like oh I'm so you know tired and stressed that you'd look at me like I've just had a 12 hour shift (laughs) 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 and sometimes a 12 and a half hour night shift (laughs) dreaded night shifts yep we yeah. i have heard many about these dreaded night shifts gosh mm. very um, long but i mean it's amazing how you know you're so positive and enthusiastic and i think it's really inspiring how you love your job because it's not often that we see people especially in the mental health sector that really want to do it you know that are really inspiring with it and there's many reasons behind it, of course, you know, um, some of them have been in the job too long and some of them maybe thought they had what it took, but some don't. And it's it's hard on people. It's not an easy sector of work, but it's something that I think when you do see someone that's really enthusiastic about it, it's something we need more of. And it's great to see that within you and kind of like the amazing things that you do and hearing about all of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I've definitely seen. I've only been at, at my hospital for a year, but you can yeah. definitely tell, like, when you get new staff in, especially now where I've helped to train a lot of them with my senior role and stuff. That you you get that feeling of, okay, this person's kind of in it because they they really 
want to do this and they're really enthusiastic about helping people and then you've kind of got people that are like oh not really sure but I'm going to give it a try and and I think we always say that I mean me definitely I always say that if if someone comes and they're only there for three or four weeks and then they they leave that you can't ever no one ever kind of thinks oh well we knew they were going to leave like oh well because you just don't know whether it's a job that you can do until you do it and no one judges people for leaving because everyone knows it's such a tough job Mm -hmm. and that you you do have to be a a special kind of person to do it it's there's not much much in it for you really apart from kind of long-term gratification of seeing patients improve and move on which obviously takes a lot of time and a lot of work so well I'd definitely say that a lot of the key workers and NHS workers and doctors etc you guys are basically superheroes you know because <laughs> I don't see myself even though I want to become a clinical psychologist at this stage in my life I don't see myself doing the things that you guys do on a daily basis it's amazing it's impressive you know you guys are really going above and beyond and I think uh, it's really disappointing how it's taken a global pandemic for people to realize that this is your everyday life and this is the things that yeah. you do and this thing and I mean I, I don't think that the government doing this clapping once a year as a ceremony thing is nearly enough more needs to be done I mean definitely to show appreciation to you guys I mean I don't know about you but I feel like now people are getting more individual praise like certainly when people are calling up doctor surgeries or care homes etc they're getting a nice thank you at the end of it but I don't know do you feel like more needs to be done how do you feel about this yeah I think um I, I think it's nice that during COVID-19 that that people have been more recognized in the sectors that you've mentioned and stuff but I think that going forward that that needs to continue and I think my worry is that it probably won't and that we're such a consumer society that people will forget about this when places start to open back up and they'll just kind of revert back to how we were before yeah and I think it's it's quite difficult for people to remember doing these things if we're if we're not reminded like the the government obviously thought about doing this whole NHS clapping and and stuff like that which is it is great and it would be nice if things like that continued and the thank yous and stuff but we need encouragement from businesses from the government from like everyday things that we do to to remember to do this it's a lot of pressure on people as individuals to kind of remember to do those things I'd like to think they would but we everyone has their own lives and everyone's busy and things so but I think also the main the main thing that obviously a lot of the NHS staff um, have been saying about is like the pay because we're not healthcare staff are not paid an awful lot at all Um, especially those like that are nurses and healthcare assistants for the role the job roles that we do that the long hours that we work what we have to deal with it did what we're paid is just it's pennies really yeah so um and and I think you know a lot of people that don't work in those sectors are aware of that and and really in support of wanting to get us pay rises and stuff but 
whether that happens or not is another thing so <laughs> well, yeah, exactly it's something that needs to happen because um earlier this morning when i was writing a student bulletin i come across um cyber security to advertise to the students and it in the way they're advertising it is it's one of the most high demanding jobs also thinking the nhs here which is one of the most high demanding jobs working in the mm. sector but then it also said one of the most high paying jobs and i was like well clearly how how is cyber security more important than the people that are working in everyday lives, saving lives, yet yeah. bank details are being saved by a bit of cyber security. We've got enough cyber security people because clearly, you know, the banks are doing enough and things as such. You never hear about the shortage of that. There's one thing you always hear on the news is the NHS. So I think it's a matter yeah. of what is the government doing? They're putting money in the wrong places. Like what, what's going on? And it's- yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's really tough because we you're constantly hearing about people being understaffed in places in the the healthcare sector and 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 sometimes when you hear the the negative stories about the healthcare sector and, and things that have happened yeah. it's it's so quick to to watch these and think oh my gosh how shocking how could those staff members possibly do something like that but we work so hard that you know sometimes accidents do happen and the media portrays things in such a negative way that it Mm -hmm. makes it sound like it's purposely done and sometimes it may be purposely done and and then people's reactions totally valid totally fair enough and obviously they're not they're not there they're just seeing it from what the media is portrayed but it does yeah it's it's difficult it's a tough job like it yeah it's insane I think a lot more needs to be done to incentivize people to work in these sectors because it, it's it's a sector that people will go oh well no one wants to do that I mean I've even said it myself but I was talking about um job availability at the minute during the virus and stuff and and uh, it was to a family member and they were saying well well, there's nothing about. And I said, well, of course there is in healthcare because no one wants to do the role. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's true. And I, I work in healthcare and I love my role, but it, it's, it doesn't change that you know that's what people's opinions are yeah. and that they know it takes a lot of time if you're kind of going down like sort of the normal healthcare route. It takes a lot of time to train to become nurses, doctors, etc. And similarly, in the mental health care route, the same there. I mean... The bottom, the bottom kind of the rung doing the support worker healthcare assistant job that that I do and that lots of other people do, is not you don't need qualifications for that necessarily. But actually, it's one of the hardest jobs to do yes. because you are the people that are on the on the floor, constantly with the patients, doing the one to one, giving a lot of well personal care, maybe if you're in in um the NHS in, in my workplace, it's kind of doing like the activity, supporting them if they're having a stressful time. You're the one that's chatting to them, trying to stop them from doing something that might potentially hurt themselves yeah. or trying to, you know, make them feel happier. Um so yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds, yeah, really, really tough. And I mean, what kind of um, changes would you see? So you're saying there needs to be more incentive, and I totally agree with you. But like, as a key worker yourself, what would you say that maybe your colleagues or yourself would like to see happen? Um, 
Yeah, so I definitely think um, it would be nice if, like how you see kind of other jobs and things advertised and incentivized yeah. and things, that would be great. Um, because I think I think maybe even if there was like a campaign or something that explained a bit more about what the job roles kind of are and how you get into them and stuff, I think people would begin to understand the sector more and that might encourage them to want to work in the sector. But also if they don't want to work in the sector, it's still helping them to understand how hard we work and what the job entails. And maybe that would help with people being more appreciative on the whole. Um, I think also the pay, like we, we should be paid more. We just, we should. There's no, there's no argument for why we shouldn't at all, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in my job for the money I'm in a uh, I've been in a fortunate position this year that what I have earned has been enough but for a lot of people it isn't and it is something that puts you off doing the job because it, it might be something that you have a passion for wanting to do but if you can't afford to live off of the money that it pays then of course it's not going to be something that you can do so and I think that's really sad because that that then adds to the kind of stigma and negativity around the job roles which is is really sad when you've got someone that's actually got a, a passion to wanting to do that kind of work so yeah more pay definitely yeah I think that that's one of the big things that has definitely raised questions in the news and it's something the politicians say to kind of get into power and I, I, I as much as I dislike Piers Morgan I think I thoroughly enjoy sitting down in the morning and watching him biting Matt Hancock's head off, saying, oh, where's the extra workers? Where's the extra pay? Because I cannot stand Matt Hancock. Uh, because he's, he's full of shit. I, I'm sorry, I have to <laughs> But there's no other way to put it. But he really is. He yeah. Really is. <laughs> I think um, they, they, they all make a lot of false promises and I think uh, especially for me putting into perspective working in like kind of one of one of the worst paid sectors really but one of the the toughest and arguably most skilled jobs around it yeah kind of puts into perspective a lot of what their false promises are and and certainly when I'm voting because I do do vote that um, it's something that I take into consideration I think actually it's sort of it's sad because I've lost faith in any any promises that they make that are along those lines and I'll perhaps yeah. ignore those really and just look at what else there is that's in their manifestos and the things that they're saying they're going to do because it yeah it's been it's been promised too many times I think um yeah and and hasn't happened but yeah that that's the thing it must be really um a kind of oh, what's the word uh when it dis- disencouraging to you guys when it comes to voting and things and such because like you said you don't know what to trust you don't know what's true whether they're lying or not and that that's a real danger with um especially for nhs workers because if there was someone that was being truthful it could potentially just cause so much confusion and doubt within you guys that it's, it's ridiculous and i mean you deserve higher pay and it's not like the the british people in the uk aren't paying enough taxes to increase your pay you know, there's more yeah. money and revenue going into the government that they're just not paying out at all. I mean, you work in a mental health hospital of elderly people, and I'm sure you've heard about how their pensions and things are being cut. Their ages are moving up. 
and yeah it's ridiculous really i mean i mean that must cause a lot of issues for them especially yeah definitely i mean um so we've obviously it's a bit it's a bit different in my hospital because um well some of the some of the age groups a real range of ages actually but we do have some that are in the the older range but obviously they're um they're all sort of on different benefits and things where they where they're in the hospital but some of them are looking at moving back into the community and being able to um have access to things like pensions and stuff and and it's something that actually they're like well what's what's going on with all of this now I think there's a lot of um insecurity around it and I think not much explanation really yeah I I totally agree I mean so what kind of what I'm really interested in is find out what inspired you to do the job that you do today okay so um probably let me think back I did uh, psychology and sociology at A-level when yeah. I was in school. And that then sort of inspired me to go on and take my undergraduate degree um, in both of those subjects. But Ooh. I um, majored in psychology. So the, the course was 60% psychology. So it's a bit more focused on that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I became interested in a lot of the mental health stuff during that time studying those kind of topics um also started volunteering at the YMCA right here team which yep. I don't know if you've talked about before on podcasts or not Josh but no you're the first one from right here that we <laughs> got on so I was hoping to get Tiger on and Emily and other right here members but I haven't had a chance to get one yet so you're the you're the first we can talk about that in a second. okay yeah okay we will so yeah so I did that which we will come back to um but that's focused around mental health and health and well-being and stuff obviously as well so that um that kind of further fueled my passion and stuff for the area and then it just kind of seemed like the logical step I looked at what careers there were in psychology that were mental health related and sort of decided that much like you I would like to go down the clinical psychologist um, route Mm -hmm. so I started looking at what I need to do to get there after I've done my undergrad and and one of the things they said was you need to get experience working one-to-one with patients that have mental health um, difficulties so I started looking around and saw okay well it looks like support worker kind of is the way to go and I think the really important thing for me was that you, I could have walked out of my undergrad and applied for roles such as an assistant psychologist where you would have gone into a hospital or uh, uh, wherever else and you would have assisted the psychologist with giving therapy sessions to patients um, and working on kind of formulating plans to help them um, with learning skills and stuff to improve their mental health. Yeah. But I wanted to start at the bottom of the pile Mm-hmm. And that's by n- no means to say that support workers are not great. We're all great and we're all amazing and everyone knows that. <laughs> but yeah, course, I think people also know that it is, you know, we we are kind of at the bottom of the pile with where we in within where we work. Um, yeah. But, it yeah, it was really important for me to start with that because I think as I train up to be the clinical psychologist, it's important that I've seen and dealt with how 
the patients are for these long shifts and the different things that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis because if I jumped in and just become an assistant psychologist I would have perhaps been on my ward seeing the patients for an hour a couple of hours a day and it would have been a one-to-one session with one particular patient and that would kind of be it whereas I'm on the floor for 12 well 11 and a half hours because thankfully we do get a break (laughs) Um, but I'm on the floor for for those 11 and a half hours with these patients constantly supporting and helping them and and doing things with them and I think it helps you to just understand and get a much broader understanding of what they've been through where they've come from in life what what their background is and why they behave in certain ways and and it just gives you so much more insight. Yes, it's it's hard work, but I think in the long run, I will be so glad and so proud of myself for doing this. Um, and and yeah, just glad that I've I've helped from right from the beginning, really, and yeah. then been able to train up and and hopefully yeah, further on in my career, having this broader knowledge will definitely help me be able to give give a better therapy session really I mean in in the long run that's what I'll be looking at so I mean yeah yeah, you've definitely inspired me to go off and do the same now when I leave my um, undergraduates I I think that it's I mean I totally agree with you it's definitely a brilliant idea and especially for me what I want to do as well is I wanted to essentially set up my own private corporation that's really affordable that's affordable for literally anyone or any wage and really flexible. So if someone was to walk in and say, listen, we can't pay at the moment, then that's fine. You're still getting let in. You know, I don't care. Because I feel like with the NHS, because of the way the funding is and the way they're being paid, there's unreliable people in there. There's some services that aren't as great. And I feel like people need something 100%, 100% reliable and in order to make sure that, you know, with the NHS being something so big, it's so hard to look after it and so hard to keep an eye on it. But I definitely want to start there, you know, and I definitely yeah. want to the NHS. And I'm not even sure if I do want to set up this big corporation because I feel like if you want to make a change in a place, running away from it maybe and building up something separate isn't the right way to go around it. Maybe it's going up to the top as far as I can in the NHS and making the changes there. And yeah. I, that, that's what I need to work out as I progressing my university is how do I want to make a change and what do I want to do to make that change you know what's the right way for me and what's the right way for people yeah definitely I mean I think um you've kind of touched on like something that that I a lot has been showing to me I mean at the minute I'm working for a company that's um that it's a private company but we have NHS funded patients yeah so it's kind of it's kind of joint with the the NHS um but it's not an actual NHS run hospital so um, and and I and I love my job, and there's pros and cons to working um, where I work, as there is with everywhere. But I think as I train up um, and kind of reach my end goal of clinical psychologist, something that I really would like to do is to be able to work within the NHS because for me, I like the. I mean, something like the business idea that you've had obviously sounds amazing, and this wouldn't apply to that. But yeah, for kind of private side of psychology and stuff people can't necessarily afford that and I I would rather be able to go into the NHS and okay maybe I won't be paid as much maybe I will have a lot more stress and responsibilities on me and be expected to do a lot more compared to the private sector but I would be able to help more people and that's 
for me what matters yeah, because like, there's a lot more people that would be accessing NHS services that are going to be funded kind of counselling or therapy sessions or anything like that because they can't necessarily afford just to pay off their own backs and yeah. and so yeah I think for me that's the, the end goal is to kind of go in there but definitely like you say to be able to work your way up to a position where you can make a change and put ideas forward and I think that's one of the things that I'm I'm never afraid of doing and, and I've done within my own workplace at the minute is putting forward my ideas and saying well actually this doesn't really work yeah. why don't we do this because that's going to make it better for the patients and the people that we're caring for and it's also going to make it better for the staff and, and motivate people and things like that so yeah, yeah. Clearly, it's done you amazingly because, like you said, within six months, you was promoted to a senior staff member. So, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're clearly doing an amazing job. And I, I mean, you never know. I would definitely see you climbing up high with where you're going because you're, you're an amazing worker. You know, you're doing an amazing thing. And definitely wherever you choose to go will benefit massively from kind of having you on board as their team. Um wherever you go you I think we'll notice and you know I think your patients are lucky and everything like that really and there's other workers like you as well which is amazing you know there are such yeah. amazing workers out there like yourself who are doing an amazing job who deserve so much more than they're already getting and it's really disappointing to see that doesn't happen but I mean it's amazing to see how you know it doesn't bother you guys you know and how you still want to push on and go for it despite the fact that it isn't what it you should you're not getting what you're not getting what you should be getting but you're yeah. still going and I think that's just I don't know what's I don't know what the word is apart from amazing spectacular <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for all the the many compliments packed in there um but yeah definitely I think I think um obviously yeah there, there are other people like that and there's there I'm lucky to have people like that on my team at my ward at the hospital and and I think if you have the passion and the ambition to do something you you can and you will get there and that's not to say that it won't be a struggle and that there are going to be times when you think I really should just give up with this because it's not going to happen and there might be times when you've got to take a year or a couple of years out but if you believe enough in it and you really love what you are doing and want to do then you'll get there so and I think that's what keeps me going because I've had people at at my work that have said oh it's going to take you a long time to get there why don't you just do this instead because that will be much easier there'll be more job opportunity and I go well okay but that's not what I want to do so I'm all right with working hard for x amount of years to get where I want to be and and that's that so that, that, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think we we, we covered a lot, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to move on to right here? I feel like we can move on to right here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we. I mean, yeah, thank you. Like we're sharing your kind of care home, care home award experience, etc. Um, I mean, thank you for all you're doing, and thank you to your staff members, though they're not here today. But I'm sure you can pass it on for us and everyone that's. Yeah. It's definitely going to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you've really got me speechless there. With <laughs> I've kind of lost the words, <laughs> which is not often. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I do leave a print in the right here meetings. I, I can go on forever. 
Um, we love it, Josh. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiger, I remember at the beginning of the right here meetings, she was uh, very quiet. And then occasionally you'd get a few remarks, oh, Josh, you're making me laugh. And I, I wouldn't even be realising, to be fair, I'm just kind of in my own world, you know, winding Eleanor up or whatever and just going on, <laughs> saying things. Uh, just, yeah. Oh, gosh. So right here. What is right here? Okay, so right here is first of all absolutely amazing. Um, it really is. So it is a project that runs um, by young people for young people in um, well in Brighton and Hove, but yeah. kind of Sussex areas and um, yeah surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. So it's it focuses all on health and well-being and supporting young people with their health and well-being. So. Yeah. We are a team of young people, including myself and Josh. Um, And we meet regularly every week to discuss different projects. So whether that's kind of making leaflets that might support young people with a particular issue Mm -hmm. um, or whether it's creating surveys and going out and doing more kind of outreachy stuff to, to hear the opinions and the voices of young people on particular issues. Um, and also we've got some online websites um, that show all of the services in, in the kind of local areas yeah. that young people can access should they need to for any help and support for for anything health and well-being related, really. It's all, it's all really broad. So. Well-being, that, that's come up recently. So if there's anyone out there that kind of needs help with counselling or online support, Go check out the eWellbeing website. What you've got to do is just type in eWellbeing and it will be one of the first things that pops up. And it's a new website that's been launched by the YMCA and Healthwatch and other joint projects, I believe, that is providing yep. online counselling to young people and support. And there's information where you can get it, um, support and things as such. It's a great website. We Were we involved in kind of forming <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna ask you because I I don't know um I don't know about you, Josh, but actually uh, when this first came about and was in its kind of very early stages of what I mean, even even the name actually we had input on the right here team of yeah, helping I... alongside other yeah. projects. I I'd assume um with helping to choose the name and stuff, but also we we had sessions uh, with the right here team and and anyone that wanted to get involved with uh, the design of the website and how it would kind of theoretically work because this this was like I say very early stages so yeah but different things like what um worksheets and resources there would be were were they functionable for young people and helpful to young people and stuff so it's it's amazing it's it's an amazing service because it's just it really has that young person input right from the beginning which is obviously something that the YMCA as a whole um tries to incorporate in everything they do so um yeah definitely recommend and recently they've brought out a video um that some of us uh young people that are involved in the projects and stuff as well um were part of so yeah hopefully it will help a lot of young people yeah go check out the the ymca instagram if you guys are in the brighton hove area around sussex because there's a lot of useful things that go on there that will keep you updated You'll see our lovely faces, especially mine, when I make strange videos that Eleanor absolutely loves. <laughs> and there's like, yo, Josh, can I post it? And I'm like, you know what? Go for it. It's already up on Stress Busters. So 
we might as well go with that. So yeah, you will know me as the cheesy inspirational speaker, as my friends are starting to call me. Um, but people are loving it. So I've been I was I've been doing this, and it's one of the main reasons why I thought I'd start this up because I've got so much spare time with lockdown and I was just like, I need to do something. I want to do something. And I've always wanted to do a podcast. And I never been so good as it was. Like the minute I put out onto my story and things and such, like, yo, does anyone want to help me do this? I've had so many people reply and obviously so many cats. Yeah. But I'm very thankful for those of you that have been able to make it. And that, you know, I think the whole time in is struggles and all that, but, it is me going off on a tangent when we were talking about right here. Gosh. <laughs> God, yeah, right here. I've only been at right here for seven months, actually. I was saying to Eleanor the other day when our last meeting, like I've, only, I've been here longer than that, like seven months. I don't believe I've been there for seven months. That's crazy. So I joined beginning of January. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that is mad. I feel like you've been there forever, Josh. <laughs> no, I've done so many things. Like, it feels like yesterday when I was in... Basvik with Eleanor and Lucy doing the Freshers Fair. Like, that was fun. Yeah. That's my favorite moment from right here because that was my first kind of hands on or outside doing YMCA work. So that was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm loving this even more than the group work we do and things as such. It's, it's amazing, yeah, definitely. amazing experience. It's really uplifting and joyful. And, it just has so many amazing aspects and perks to it. Like with the young people we work with of all ages and different genders and kind of um, our pronouns and what's the sexuality. That's what I was trying to say. It's a very inclusive group and it's just everyone's so lovely and so welcoming. Like I remember sitting there on my first day. I felt a bit awkward. I was like, oh gosh, these, these guys all look very kind of intimidating. But they become your like your little family after a while. Oh yeah, definitely, um, definitely. I mean, I I was quite sad because when I uh, applied for my master's degree, as you know, Josh, yeah. originally I was uh, looking at having to relocate, and uh, and it would have meant that although I would have been able to still have some ties to the right here team, I wouldn't have been able to come to the meetings and things, and and actually that made me really sad because I I've been there for three years nearly now, yeah. and they have become my family and I've seen a lot of change with with staff and a lot of volunteer kind of turnover but it it doesn't matter who comes through the door you you instantly build this rapport with them because you're all interested in in helping other people supporting young people and and it just yeah it just does become your family and being with the YMCA and the, the Right Here Project is one of the most amazing things that I decided to do and I'm so glad that I decided to do it yeah me too I mean I I would never I never even knew it existed before I got involved and I never would have seen myself doing such amazing things that we do with the YMCA before I even got involved in the Iron Hole Champions because Lucy used to teach me and so when I saw her she kind of was um, when Ellen did the thing I was like yeah, hello I'm interested sign me up and I got involved and I'm not leaving I can't, I've got an attachment. No. <laughs> like, even if I have to video, if I have, like, joined a meetings virtually when I'm in university, I will, you know. Yep. Like, once you're yep. a part of it, you're always a part of right here, you know. Like, it's yeah. an instantaneous relationship that you built. The minute you walk through that door, with everyone in that building, from the receptionists to the people in the waiting area, everyone's so welcome. You know, the 
I yeah. came in early on a Friday morning. One of the receptionists I've never met before, one of the most lovely ladies I've ever met, was having a conversation for about half an hour. Yeah, lovely. yeah, definitely. The whole team that works at Reed House, as well as the volunteers, is just they're they're lovely. It's a, if you know if you guys are interested, Eleanor's more than happy for people to be signing up. You know, you can leave me a message and when you go onto the Instagram or the YouTube, whatever in the comments, and I'll be happy to pass on your emails to Eleanor because right here is always looking for volunteers. I don't think I've yeah, ever heard them say definitely. we've got too many. You know, no matter how small that room's getting because of how many of there are, ever have enough. There's we always need more. You know. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, as, as a whole, the, the YMCA um, downlink group, which is what the Right Here yeah. um, project's part of. Um, so it's like the downlink group is the areas um, that, that we, uh, we're involved in. And they have so many different projects and a lot of volunteering opportunities and a lot of work opportunities yeah. um, for those of you that might be looking for something that's, that's paid work. Um, it's it's an amazing charity. I mean, I can I I can speak wonders for them. I've been fortunate that through my three years there, I've had the opportunity to do some work with lots of different um, teams, not just the right here team, um, and visit some of the the supported housing places. and And it's just amazing the work that they do. And 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 actually, I've recently applied for a job for them. Oh, <laughs> for them. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think um, definitely have a look, guys. Message Josh, get involved. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's it's amazing. I mean, the seven months that I've been there, I've done more things for people than I have done in the seventeen years that I've been alive. <laughs> it's you, true, but they, it's yeah. They provide you so many opportunities, and you don't have to throw yourself at them all. But I don't know how to say no. I'm terrible and I would always say yes yeah. and I love it you know I I had the same issue as you Josh yeah. and then and then I started working full-time and I sort of had to say yeah. no but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely before that um yeah definitely like the first couple of years that I was there I was like doing volunteering alongside uni and and yeah. I, my course wasn't very like it was a lot of kind of coursework do it at home so I didn't have a lot of set lectures and things so I kind of just jumped in at the deep end and got got involved and everything but I mean it's great because not only does it give you all of these opportunities and building connections with lots of different people and and especially for people like me and Josh if if that's the area that you want to kind of go into career-wise then obviously that's it's amazing you're getting really valuable skills for CVs amazing references from the uh the right here team yeah. gotta throw that one in there <laughs> um yeah but but also like you you're getting the opportunity to help all of these young people and and definitely for people like me and Josh we love that and it's it's great yeah. to be able to walk away from whatever it is that you've done with the right here team and know you've helped some young people with something you've supported them and you've helped them to then go on and help other young people is amazing and and that's what the world should be yeah. about is helping others and and supporting them when you yeah, can and right so. here is about you know and another amazing thing about it is if you come and join us and you don't see an idea that you want to be put in practice the amazing thing is you can put that forth and projects will be built around that like more recently before COVID-19 we um a group of our volunteers have built um an LGBTQ plus project 
it's it's in the works. You know, it's gonna be in the works once COVID nineteen's over. So carry out focus groups and things as such with all sorts, etc. Without with um COVID nineteen, but there, there's so many endless possibilities with right here and what the YMCA, and you'll be surprised of like how you can come forth with one idea, and every other volunteer will have like a little light bulb just pop up on their head. And they're all chipping in and everyone's on board. And it's a really supportive group, you know, with no matter what you kind of got to bring to the tables. It's amazing. You know, everyone's idea is valid and everyone's idea is useful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love it. I mean, I think it, it's it's also great that they are so understanding yeah. that we are young people and that the commitment level to to the group and things that they don't ask for much at all like it's it's get involved with what you can get involved with and as long as you you know you're kind of keeping in touch and things then and that's what it's about and I think that that's just amazing because there's so much pressure on young people to do so many things that you don't need another pressure when you're trying to do something good and something that's going to help other people so Mm -hmm. yeah and on that lines you'll learn that Eleanor hates giving you deadlines and she will refuse to give you a deadline. Like she'll always <laughs> ask us, when can you get it done by? And I think it's always Lucy that goes, when do you want it done by? And Eleanor goes, I'm not going to give you a deadline. I don't like giving you guys deadlines. <laughs> that's how supportive they are and how much they expect of you is you get it done on your own time and you just send it to them and they'll have it done. It's very rare that they give you deadlines. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a really supportive, amazing group. I mean, I'll never know what to call them because they're basically your friends. But it's one of those unprofessional things I don't feel like I can say. That <laughs> yeah. So whenever my parents ask, I go, oh, yeah, it's um, my boss slash supervisor. But really, you won't <laughs> see them as that. You really won't. You know, they're, they're effectively one of us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, oh, I'm getting all mushy. <laughs> I know, I do. Every time I talk about it, there's just like you're just fueled with passion and so much emotion for the group because that's it's what it brings out in you. And yeah, it's yeah. just amazing. And we, we bounce off of each other as well. Like we fuel each other, we bounce off each other. Um, it's one of the great things about our meetings is they're, they're never quiet. And that might just be because I can talk forever, but it's <laughs> everyone bounces off each other you know there's there's room for a laugh there's room for tangents and or oh, and yeah snacks are a perk as well everyone loved the snack I oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm definitely <laughs> for grabbing the chocolate ones first i think <laughs> oh yeah How I'm just, yeah definitely i mean there's just there's so many perks to it really isn't there so it's, it's like you know, yeah oh. I, mean, uh, I don't know really what else to say about it. We've really done right here in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, this is this one's been 10 minutes shorter than what I would have thought, actually. But I think we both talk very fast. <laughs> yeah, that, we have a lot uh, to say. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cram it in there. I know, yes. Right, the last 10 minutes, let's talk about you and let's talk about me and how have you been during lockdown and things as such? How's it been going for you? What's your experience been like? Yeah, so um, I feel like actually we, me and you are probably going to have quite different um, experiences yeah. really, which yeah. is going to be quite interesting. College student, um, worker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think um, my experience of lockdown uh, to begin with, it kind of, it didn't feel too much different to me because 
obviously I was still having to go to work Um, and at the very beginning nothing had really changed but as time went on and I realized that on my days off I wasn't able to go out and do the things that I normally do like just going to look around the shops or go to a cafe for a coffee or something um like meet up with friends and stuff it started to get really stressful yes uh, which is not great when you're working in a stressful environment so your days off are kind of supposed to be your like de-stressing days and you're ending up feeling stressed because you can't go out anywhere and do anything um so yeah so I had a, a, a bit of a struggle with that because I I love my routine I love knowing what I've got planned that I can go out and I can do those things and when I couldn't do all of that I started to struggle um but I've had really supportive people around me that I live with so um they've been a big help and definitely like had an impact on keeping me positive and keeping me going and stuff so that's been really great um but I think now now that things are starting to ease up a bit and I'm getting more of like that normality back although things are different with obviously social distancing and stuff it's still nice to be able to go out and do a few more things so that's really good but yeah I think it's I think it's just been quite anxiety inducing really um because it's the sense of the unknown no one knows what's going to happen in terms of how how long things are going to be shut for you you don't know when you're going out and you're you are around other people whether you're putting yourself at risk whether you whether you're going to have had the virus not had the virus like there's just so much unknown stuff that that just makes it so difficult and I mean obviously I work in a mental health hospital and I can't even begin to imagine how my patients have really felt because Mm -hmm. for some of them it's going to be a lot more difficult because they already have these like pre-existing mental health issues and and I just yeah I can't I can't imagine for them how it's felt if if for me it's been quite anxiety inducing so yeah but yeah I think I've just tried to stay positive and enjoy the things that I could still enjoy um and keep in touch with family and things kind of over social media because I don't live with them I don't live in the same area as them so that was quite difficult um and I've got a a a member of my family that counts as a vulnerable person and they live with several other family members so I wasn't able to kind of even when the rules got relaxed and things I'm not able to to see them which is quite difficult so but I think I'm glad that I was still able to go into work I think that's kept me going and perhaps if I'd had to be at home and not go to work I think I would have struggled a lot more so although every day I'm going into somewhere where it's high stress it's it's a lot of work and and a lot of risk but if I hadn't done that I I would have had nothing and I'm not sure that I would have coped as well as I have so yeah very very fortunate that I've still been able to work and and I suppose be around my patients and and just be able to see them and see different different people that way so yeah that's yeah that's really sweet and I mean, I think there's a that's a struggle. Some people can't see their families, and I can't begin to imagine how that is for you because I'm stuck my head in. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a stick, isn't it, at the moment with lockdown? It's either you're either really missing them, or they're really getting on your nerves. Yeah, <laughs> until this is over. But for me, yeah, I've not had so much anxiety around the whole situation because obviously. 
I've got a really anti-social group of friends. And I know they're listening to this right now. And yes, all the <laughs> are anti-social. Um, because my very social friends live in different areas like Horsham and Upfield and Cookfield and you name it. So I can't exactly come and meet them anyway with the lockdown rules lifted. So I go out very occasionally and Ellen has been bugging me to go out and telling me I need to <laughs> more and all of that. But I don't really step outside. For me, it's been... That the first week, I said, it, it felt more like a half term and like a holiday. Because, yeah. you know, it was, a lot, it was the last day of college. Oh, you won't be coming in. I was like, okay, it's probably going to last a couple of months. You know, we'll be back soon and whatever. It's been three months. Still not back. Exams have been cancelled, which I'm happy about because I was meant to be sitting a biology exam this year for my BTEC. <laughs> but they've cancelled it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm so glad. Mm. Because I think my predicted grade is probably going to be better than what I'm actually going to get whilst I do the exam. <laughs> because... Because the teacher, I, we, I struggle with her a little bit because we, one, we were behind, and two, she's very confusing. Very, very confusing. So I feel like the work that I've done on paper and all the notes I've made are going to do me more justice than if I was to sit mm. there in that exam hall doing BTEC biology because it doesn't, it's not English. Anyone that tries and tells me that the exam is English is off their head. It is not English. <laughs> it's a form of language. So I've had a bit of joy in that, but I think I got to like week three and it just went down. I was like, oh my God, no, get me out. I, I need this to be over. I had a, a massive point where struggling to do homework, struggling to get everything done. And it was, it was really terrible. I think everyone was experiencing that, maybe like college-wise and even my grandparents and everyone, I think, kind of... It, yeah. It got to that point where we all smacked in the face with reality a bit. And now I'm kind of saying, this is normal. You know, I wake up, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be locked indoors. I'm totally okay with it. Everyone, I think, not everyone maybe, but I myself has definitely accepted this as the normal reality. And when I get told that I can go out, I'm going to be acting a bit strange. Like, I think the one thing I'm looking forward to is being able to hug another human being that's not in my house. Yeah. Like, I just want to squeeze yeah. my friends. I'm not going to lie. Everyone's getting a massive squeeze from me when we get out. And yeah. I've, I've been spending way too much money in lockdown. <laughs> you'd think I'd spend yeah, less. Same. You know, you'd think we'd spend less because we can't go out. But no, I've been spending more on Xbox games and all sorts, but I mean, I am buying some essential items, like I've got to buy a new sofa for my bedroom, which some would argue is not essential. <laughs> but it is to me, because working environment and all of that, you know, I can't really sit on my bed all day and do my homework. Um, so, got to yeah, say exactly. I want to buy a laptop, because I'm using a college one at the moment, I'm like, you know what, it's actually kind of useful than using an iPad. So, oh, money, that's a thing in lockdown, isn't it? I'm stressing out about that. Because I hate money. I hate talking about it. I hate. I hate you all. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a common thing for (laughs) for everyone, really. Especially. I mean, I mean, that's that. That's like the fortunate thing for me. Obviously, during the lockdown, that I've still been able to to go and earn my full wage and stuff. And I do feel very fortunate that I have been in that position. So, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, I think it's good that some people are still getting paid and that businesses are still able to do that because I think the main concern for people was the economy was going to fall. But it hasn't, so that is good. That's really good. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it doesn't fall. 
or touch wood, whatever people say these days. And <laughs> this weekend, I'm going to start looking at universities as I've been putting out quite a bit. But you know what? I'm excited now. So I'm going to have a Yes, Josh. I've got 12 <laughs> on my list to look at because there's only 12 in the UK. Um, but yeah, I need to look at that. There's going to be a lot to look at. And then by next week, I'm hoping to have my personal statement written. I'll send it to my tutor, get her advice on it. And then last draft, I'm sending it off because I want it sent off before September. I think that's really yeah. sent off early to make sure that if there is a space, I secure it. Although I don't think I've got much to worry about with clinical psychology and the global pandemic. I don't think many people are going to be wanting to go near a hospital. So, <laughs> no. Know, I might be lucky. I might, I'd laugh if I was here. There's like less than 100 people applying to the course. I wouldn't laugh, but that'd be quite terrifying. You know, gosh. Yeah. But you know what, Josh, you'll do it and you will you will get there. Yeah, so. I don't care. I mean, I said to my mum, because my mum, I think Helen turned around to me, you know, you've got to have good maths and all of that. And I was like, well, I've got a four. So some universities are going to say no. But with the whole right here thing, I can kind of, you can email administrations apparently and show them how enthusiastic you are and they'll let you onto the course. And with the whole pandemic and the lack of people they're going to be having, I think that's going to be really helpful for me. So I might be able to get into some top universities by doing that, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. You've just got to load everything you can into your personal statement oh, yeah. and sell yourself, which you are definitely good at doing, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so there is nothing to be ashamed of uh, by selling all the skills that you have because you've done lots and that's what's going to get you where you need to be. So, yeah. yes. Well, I've been told that I've been very persuasive because I once persuaded a man to donate to his own charity. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Very impressive. I think if I can do that, I can persuade someone to let me into a university. Yes, <laughs> oh. definitely. Oh gosh. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to get halfway through it, and I'll be like, "Why did I ever do this? Why am I doing this?" Because it's so <laughs> time-consuming. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's not the fact that I'm worried about doing it or don't want to do it. It's the fact that I know I'm going to be sat there for hours looking through. Because universities, no offense, you put a bunch of useless information on your websites. We only look at half of the stuff that you're putting on there. You know, like we only want half of the information. Yep. <laughs> your specific location and how long your university's been standing and the history behind it. I want to know about your courses and what you take, how much you're going to make me pay and all of that. That's all I need. I don't need all the other nonsense. I just need the shortcut. Like they, they need to add like a shortcut yeah. version to their pages. For like the simple mind they should you know like an o overview with the main points yeah and or in my language university for dummies you know <laughs> I, I, that would catch my eye straight away <laughs> I'll click on that. yeah oh right well somehow we've come to the end of our time yeah oh it's been amazing i've really enjoyed this this has been really lovely um, catching up yeah, with you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for coming and thank you for volunteering to come online because, guys, um, everyone on this podcast, they come in their own time. You know, this is their spare time. Jordan's on her day off. She's been working hard and she's a, yeah. she's come and joined me for an hour. So thank you for giving up your time. Um, You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure having you on here and I hope to have you on here again, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, right. Well, guys, as always, you know what to do. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, TTUT Podcast. And the Instagram is TTUT underscore podcast. And you can find those by touch, um, typing it into search bars, obviously. 
Uh, I don't know why I said that, but you know, you know me. I chat with um, <laughs> gobble, gobble. Right, I'm going to end it before I carry on gibbering because I'm doing that. <laughs> Peace and love, guys. And I'll see you later, Jordan. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye-bye.